0: What is the best thing to do on the basis of Shastra? In, the, in that situation on the battlefield, he, there, he had the option either to fight or not to fight or to go away. And he was considering what to do or what not to do. Of course, we generally hear that it's in terms of his own sense gratification. But... Uh, But actually he was trying, that idea is there that his his decision was influenced by his own sense gratification. But actually if we find in the life of Arjuna and Mahabharata and in the lives of all the Pandavas, all great personalities, that they were simply, in every step of life, they were simply trying to understand what is the proper thing we should do according to Dharma. And we'll find often in Mahabharata, because Mahabharata is an exposition of Vedic culture, that great personalities, they will discuss among themselves what is the proper thing to do and how they will discuss on what basis what is the proper thing to do according to dharma. Dharma means that which is given in Shastra, how to behave. Just like for instance... um, when Arjuna he won Draupadi in the swayamvara, and then there was some the Kshatriyas present, they they were some you know, how is this possible that a Brahmana can take this we're all we're all because the Pandavas they were incognito, they were in disguise, dressed as Brahmanas. So the Kshatriyas were saying, how can this how can this Brahmana take this The daughter of a Kshatriya. It's an insult to us. But then uh, Arjuna had specifically before the test, which was to shoot the arrow and hit the target, uh, he specifically asked, is this contest for Kshatriyas only or is it for anyone? And Drishtadyumna, who is the brother of property, said that it's open to anyone. So anyone who who hits the target and shoots it down, they can have the hand of Drupada. Whatever class they're from, even if they're shooter. So actually, Drupada Maharaj, he organized, he he arranged it. He made such a test, and he knew that only Arjuna could do it, because he wanted Arjuna to win it. There was... The Pandavas were supposed to have burned in the house of lack, but... There was some rumor that they were still alive. So Drupada Maharaj, the father of Drupadhi, she got to be Drupadhi. So he made the swayamba, the, the, the selection ceremony of the princess, in such a way that he knew only Arjuna can do this. So anyway, Arjuna won and he took Drupadhi away. And uh, he was with Bhim. This sermon, and then he came back, and uh, every day when they came back, because they were pretending to be brahmanas, they were acting as brahmanas. So they would call out to their mother that uh, we brought. Now we came with the arms, and she would always say, "Okay, share it equally between you." So being as usual, he's he's joking. He said, "Oh." Arjuna brought something very good today, you know, as we went out begging for Ram. He said, Okay, whatever it is, share it between you all, five brothers. You know. Wait a minute, this is, it's actually a young princess. Oh, dear. What to do now? Because I can't speak a lie. <laughs> <laughs> so, then anyway, they went, then they had to go for the wedding, which is organized by the up-to-date. Wedding is, in India, the wedding is organized by the brides, but. And uh, then uh, Drupada, he was, who are you actually, why don't you tell us? What's your lineage, where are you from? He said, well, actually, my name is Arjuna, this is my brother, Yudhishthira. Oh, wow, that's wonderful. I'm so happy. I, Actually, they, they, everyone thought they were dead, and now they're alive, and they said, Arjuna said that, uh, so we'll arrange the wedding then for Arjuna. Yeah, but there's just one thing, that according to the rules of dharma, the elder brother should marry first, and then the third brother. So he said, Drupada Damar said, okay, all right, she can marry Yudhishthira.
1: It's all right.
0: Said, well, actually, there's another thing, is that uh, our mother said that we should share the alms equally. And that means we all have to marry her because our mother, she never told a lie. She doesn't want to tell the lie. And Drupal said, this is impossible. This is against the rules of dharma. We, it's quite possible for a man to have many wives. It's not possible for a wife to have many husbands, according to the rules of dharma, not according to modern laws. Mm-hmm. A man can marry many times, but a woman can only marry once. And there, in rare cases, in which are regulated by shastra, a woman can actually remarry. Oh, if she's married young and she never had children. And the husband died. In, in that circumstance, certain uh, writers of Smitty, they allow us that she could be remarried, not, not that she gets married and three kids and then gets divorced and married someone else and has two kids him and gets divorced again. Like this. That's not allowed. In any shastra. So, uh, then uh, Drupada, you know, he was, he was Jesus, I just, I can't do that. How can I? can I allow this and then eventually the had to come and say that actually in this unusual case it can be allowed and then he he took Drupada aside and spoke to him actually there's there's a history to all this that uh, and he told in other various stories how in a previous life tropperdi She was very beautiful and qualified, but somehow or other she couldn't get a husband. So she was doing austerities to Lord Shiva to try to get a husband. And eventually Lord Shiva had appeared and said, what boon do you want to say? I want to have a husband. 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 She was so anxious. He said, okay. He said it five times. You can have five husbands. (laughs) so in the next life then she got the opportunity so anyway there was a, it was but it was very interesting that before the, before the came yudhishthira maharaj he said that that even though we don't find any prescription in shastra for this but to my mind it seems correct and my mind can never allow anything which is against dharma now that mouse sat, now you and me can't that. Well, I think it's time I went down to McDonald's. And, you know, I think it seems right, so that's good. I should do it. Actually, Manu, he gives what are the different, according to Dharma, what are the different pramanas or sources of evidence that we can accept. So Shastra. But then again, Shastra may not always be very clear. There may be conflicting bithis, rules of how to behave because life is very complex. Just like Arjuna. He should fight. It's his duty to fight. He's already promised to fight. And he, there's, he's fighting against aggressors. And they, they're, 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 who can be killed? Someone who's an aggressor, someone who's stolen your wife, someone who's set fire to you, someone who's... Uh, Stolen your money, and there, there, there's six aggressors, and the 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 and company—they've done all these things. To someone who takes away your property, that's it. All six things. So they've done all the things. Therefore, in every way, it was dharmic to kill such people. But then it became somewhat complex because because life is very complex. Somehow or other, Drona, Kripa. Bhishma, Ashwatthama, who are all gurus to the Pandavas, they came on the other party. So you're not supposed to kill the guru. Remember that. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you're not, as Prabhupada notes in the, uh, report, one is not supposed to even offer a verbal violence. One can question the guru, but one is not supposed to even verbally like be violent or give pain or any such thing. So, Arjuna was in a quandary dilemma. And you say, and you say dilemma is the There's a word for that in Sanskrit. Dharma sankat. The word for dilemma is Dharma sankat. It means when you're not sure what to do according to the principles of dharma sankat means some difficulty so a difficult situation so arjuna was in that situation and but yudhishthira he said this seems right to me and my mind cannot say anything so manu he said first thing shastra then if there's dharma sankat then he doesn't use exactly that term. but then you then you have to consult Learned persons, and learned persons doesn't mean someone who is simply read even the Shastra, but you see, to be a guru there are two basic qualifications that's given that then then the uh, he should be he should have gone to the other shore of Vedic knowledge in other words he knows what is Vedic he, the whole expanse of Vedic knowledge who is understood should be learned in Shastra but also who has fully taken shelter of Brahma which means the absolute truth which means Krishna this these word Brahma is used here, which there are many meanings. It means he's not only learned in Shastra but is fully taken shelter of Shastra. Or the ultimate meaning is fully taken shelter of Krishna. Brahmanyupasham Ashra. Upa means not simply theoretically, but he himself has taken shelter of the guru who is also fixed in Shastra. So uh, if one is confused, if it's not clear to him what is his duty, then he should consult someone who is experienced, learned, and who is fully in line with Shastra. And uh, that, that that's another uh, there are also uh customary rules. There, there may be some traditional rules which are not uh, directly according to Shastra, but they have been accepted by uh, learned and Arya or or properly people, respectable civilized people, they've been accepted. There may be also what's called Deshacha, which means local customs, which don't contradict Shastra. Uh, So they may be accepted within Vedic culture. If it's accepted, again, local customs doesn't mean, in Zagreb it may mean uh, Going to your friends and drinking wine. So that, that cannot be, it means local customs of civilized people. Which means people who follow Shastra. So these are the various pramanas and the last praman that, uh, Manu gives that to, in deciding what to do in any particular situation is one's own self-satisfaction. One should feel satisfied to do this. That could be called one's own consciousness. One's own sense of right and wrong. But again, that is not simply what I feel like. But it's based on, on Shastric understanding. When it's said one's own consciousness, that means the consciousness of someone who's been trained in Shastra, in understanding what is Shastra and acting according to Shastra. It doesn't mean just some whimsical feeling because whimsical activity is rejected by Krishna. He says that this is demoniac, people who don't follow Shastra and act according to their own whims. Those who do not act according to shastra directions, who act simply according to their own whims, they cannot attain perfection, nor happiness, nor the supreme destination. So acting according to one's self-satisfaction means that one, when when one's mind is fixed in dharma, and most important param dharma, actual dharma, it's surrender to Krishna, then he should do what feels right. Someone who is very elevated, like Yudhishthira, he can say that my mind can never speak, my mind can never accept anything which is not uh, dharmic. So, this seems right to me, therefore it is acceptable. Yudhishthira can say that. he's fixed in understanding. He is sometimes called Raj, he's the son of Raj, he's the Yudh- Yamaraj who Yamaraj exactly understands what is right and wrong. And those who do not follow Shastri direction, pravrithi, cha janana vidur asura, those who do not know what is correct activity and what is incorrect activity, they are called demons. Now here pravriti and nibriti, proper action and improper action, Again, this means in reference to Shastra. It doesn't mean according to any man-made system of morality. Man-made system of morality must be influenced by Karana karanapattam, by illusion, the tendency to uh, make mistakes, by the cheating propensity and by imperfect senses. So we find mundane morality then there, there are, it cannot be on the same level as Shastri's direction. Just like according to mundane ethics, it's very interesting, just like a uh, hundred years ago, I don't know about in this country, but say in England or America, homosexuality, just to give an example, it was uh, forbidden by law. Nowadays, if you say anything against homosexuality that is forbidden there or uh, how this this abortion that was previously illegal but now women say that you know it's my body I've got a right to do with what I like with my body so how, how can you how can you uh, say that I if I want to have an abortion who are you to say I'm so, <laughs> okay, right. yeah. Be- it sounds like a plausible argument, but it's a specious argument, because, you know those words there. Plausible means uh, acceptable. It's, it sounds like a logical argument, but it's specious. Specious means it sounds logical, but it isn't. <laughs> so it's an argument put up which, if you're not sharp, you'll get fooled. If you if you don't catch the illogic in it, it sounds logical, and if you're not, if you don't have a clear way of thinking, then you'll be fooled by it. That's called speciousness, speciousness there are words for all these things in sanskrit there's a whole science of how to understand shastra also how to because just there's a, there's a saying in english by a famous poet anyway we both read the bible day and night but where you see black i see white <laughs> so someone is quoting shastra and and saying one thing, and someone is quoting Shastra and saying something else. So how to understand Shastra? There's a whole science. Now we're going from our epistemology is that we accept Shastra. This is the main way to The main point of understanding is Shastra. And Buddhists, they are rejected. Now if you see Buddhists, in Vedic culture Buddhists are rejected. Now if you see Buddhism, actually they use all the same, this Nirvana is not a Buddhist word. It's right here in Bhagavad Gita, Brahma Nirvana Richati You will attain Brahma spiritual Nirvana, which Buddhists they have they have taken that word and made it annihilation, but that's not the meaning of the term in the original Sanskrit. It means more uh, salvation. Brahma, one will attain Brahman. So uh, and then they say how in Buddhist philosophy greed. Or desire that is the cause of all suffering, therefore, you have to stop desire and then you get liberated. So, it's very, it's actually all based on Vedic philosophy. Of course, the idea of this voidism that's not Vedic, but it's similar to, it's very similar to Shankaracharya's impersonals. When Shankaracharya was able to establish his philosophy on the basis of Buddhism, which is not very auspicious, but uh, anyway, from Chittanicharitam to understand uh, why that was so, how it all came. But anyway, even though the Buddhist philosophy in many ways is very similar to it's, so many terms are given and so many points, uh, it's it's very similar to Vedic philosophy, but it is rejected. Why? Ved the Buddhists are considered atheists because they don't accept the Vedas. Whereas, they're, they're even, actually the Buddhists are considered, in Vedic culture, they're considered unfit meaning to talk to. One should not even discuss with them because they're considered, they don't accept the Vedas, and they're offenders, and not even to be discussed with. Visit, how much importance was given to Vedic knowledge. If you don't accept the Vedic, only if we're going to discuss anything, it should be on the basis of Shastra. And the whole Vedic society was simply permeated with Shastra. Even the Shudras, who were not allowed to study the Vedas, they would get the Vedic knowledge from hearing the Puranas and mahabharata And anything anyone had to do, Prabhupada notes in the Isha Panishad, that uh, introduction, which is actually a speech Prabhupada gave, on the importance of the Vedas. So he said that traditionally in India, if someone s- said something to someone else and they didn't agree with it, they'd say, are oh, you telling me? Is this some Vedic injunction? In other words, if, so, if it was a Vedic injunction, you have to follow it. And if it's not, then you're just talking nonsense. If you're not, to- if you're not to- going into Shastra, then it's it's just uh, it's despicable. The Buddhists are, are rejected. They say... They're talking Ahimsa, Paramo, Dharma, Buddhism. The topmost religion is Ahimsa, non-violence, be nice to everyone, be kind to everyone, be good, be fair. It sounds very nice. But the Buddhists are rejected. They're considered totally despicable because they don't accept Shastra. Then how to understand Shastra? That's it. Then that's the next. And there, but there are, just like I was saying, specious arguments So, how to understand Shastra. There's a whole science of how to understand Shastra also in the Vedic injunctions. That comes from the school of Mimamsa. We've called it karma Mimamsa. That means the people who think that there's no, need to, uh, there's no need to believe in God because God is there, but if we follow the Vedic injunctions, he has to fulfill... His obligation because he made the Vedas and therefore we just have to follow the Vedas and we follow, we do different sacrifices and we'll go to the heavenly planets. And there's no need particularly to believe in God because his job is just to fulfill our, uh, uh, the rewards that we get from following the Vedic injunctions. So God's there, that's okay, but you know, no need to give any special importance to him. Uh, but but uh, they give a lot of importance to the Vedas. And you have to follow the Vedas. Actually, all the Vedic schools do. But in particular, uh, they have the Mimamsa system has. Uh, they made a system. Of how any words in Shastra, any statement, how are we to understand it? And it's quite an, quite a logical system, of and that's accepted by all schools of Vedic philosophy, even those that don't agree with it. But they they have given the system of what's called in English hermeneutics, which means uh, this the science of scriptural. They call it interpretation. We don't, yeah, I guess you could call it interpretation. Although Prabhupada's point was that we don't interpret. It's not exactly interpretation, but we take it as it is. That's also a kind of. That's also a kind of what you could call. How are we to? Here is a statement in Shastra. How are we to understand this? Karma Brahma Bhavang Vidhi. Brahmakshara, what is this? Brahmakshara uh, Samundhava. How are we to understand? You'll find different acharyas, they will describe this in different. Here, what does the word Brahma mean? And different acharyas will give different. Well, this word here in this context means this and that. But Prabhupada's point, actually as Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's point, is that we just take Shastra as it is. And there there may be some ground, in some cases, for taking Shastra not exactly as it is. And that uh, example is given, Gangayam Gosham, which means the houses of the uh, cowherding caste on the Ganga. So if you think, well, either they're living on houseboats, but that doesn't seem very practical, because where are they going to keep their cows? So if on the Ganga here means on the bank of the Ganga. So that is an interpretation, because the literal meaning, the houses of the cowherd men on the Ganga, it doesn't make sense. So this is an example of, in English you actually say the same thing, you will say, my, you'd say my house is on so-and-so wrecker, So-and-so river. In, in Croatian you say like that, you say it's on the river. So that's understood, it means on the river bank. Or this, Zagreb is built on the river. Sour? Sour. Water is sour.
1: It's
0: a name. Uh, I understand. I'm just <laughs> so, Zagreb is built on the river south. You may say, well, there's uh, how many people in Zagreb? Two million, something like that? One, One million. Yeah. You know, how do they all fit on the river?
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's understood that they the on the banks of the river. So, like that, script interpretation is acceptable and actually required in certain circumstances, but not in all circumstances. Just like for instance when Krishna says, always think of me and become my devotee. That is not interpretable unless one is a rascal. Then he will interpret it to mean it is not the person to Krishna that we have to surrender to, but to the unborn eternal within Krishna, which is not what Krishna said. And uh, it's also not correct to say it because we can cite, as Prabhupada has, we can cite evidence from the Kurma Purana that, that, uh, what is it, Deha-Veda-Vivedo-yam, Neśvare-Vidhite-Kochit, that in the Supreme Personality of Godhead, Dehi-Deha-Vivedo-yam, Neśvare-Vidhite-Kochit, nesvare is no difference between his body and his soul. His form is fully spiritual. He's, he does, it's not for Krishna that he has a body and a soul. His body is he. So this interpretation, it's not, first of all it's not required because Krishna directly says, think of me. And if we say to the unborn eternal within Krishna, there's no unborn eternal within Krishna. So I, both ways it's nonsense. So, how to Shastra, the point is, Shastra has to be followed, and how to follow, that also, of course, it's a very complex subject, which, you know, maybe it sounds as if I know a lot about it, but I don't, I just know the basic principles of, uh, of I, I'm not familiar with all the different, there are many, many points on it, you have to, this science of scriptural understanding, Mimamsa, then you have to know Sanskrit very well to even begin to understand it. Because a lot of it's based on understanding of grammatical usages and so songs. It's, it's very complex, actually. So I don't understand it, but I know something about it. But the point is that here Krishna is citing that we have to follow Shastric conjunction And how to follow that? There's also a whole system, which is simplified by, it's simplified for people who, actually we don't have to get involved in so much complex arguments anyway. We know When you're walking down the street in Zagreb, or if you're distributing books, no one comes up to you and says that, well, I, I also I know Bhagavad Gita, and according Manmana Bhava Madhbhakta, and if you take this, Grammatical rule, and it actually means this and that. And <laughs> you don't find that. And in fact, they wouldn't speak to you in Croatian. They'd speak to you in Sanskrit, and you wouldn't understand anything. Anyway, there are still people like that. that you'll find in South India, especially. But they're, they're actually irrelevant. It's like the Madva. they Madva Brahmins, and and uh, this Shankaracharya. Still, they have. This, they come and they argue with each other, and, and they on all different, very abstruse points of philosophy. And anyway, they don't change. And it doesn't make any difference to the people all around them because they don't <laughs> understand. It's just a few people. It's, uh, previously, it was the whole tradition of India. The madhvacharya they made... they How did spread treaties come? They walked. Madhvacharya walked from South India up to Badrinath. So on the way they met people and there were pundits in every village and they discussed with them and convinced them. Shankaracharya did the same, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu did the same. Of course Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was chanting Hare Krishna also, but he met, it's described Chaitanya Mahaprabhu went with so many different Sri Vaishnavas, Tatravadis, followers of Sankhya philosophy, Buddhists, Jains, all different kinds, and he convinced them philosophically also. So, uh, for us there's no need to get into so much complex discussion, but one cl- very basic point we have to understand that Krishna consciousness or the absolute truth, the basic principle. Sadhu Shastra te Aika, āna Koriya This is a quote from Primbhakti Chandrika of Narodam Das, which is very similar to Guru Mukapadnava which we sing every day. We follow what the Guru says. Exactly. Why? Why do we follow? Because he follows Guru, Sadhu and Shastra. Exactly. And actually it's interesting, Rotonga sha- says, Shastra, Sadhu, Guru, Bhakya. He puts he it does. in different way. The, the first thing is Shastra. The qualification to be a Guru is that he follows Shastra. If he doesn't follow Shastra, then Sai Bhakna or something like that. Then it's just complete nonsense. So the qualification is to follow Shastra. Then if there's some... Exactly how to understand Shastra through Sadhu. means through the Parampara Acharya. So if we get a bona fide guru and we follow, then that is perfect. But still we should know what... It's not that we just, oh, oh, oh okay. No. Guru, his duty is to teach the disciple according to Shastra. Acharya van Purusha vedha. The symptom of one who is initiated, who has an acharya, is that he knows Shastra. So everything has to receive Prabhupada. He was preaching constantly. On If you listen, Prabhupada's lectures, conversations, all the time. Shastra, shastra speaking, quoting, verses, constantly, all the time. Because he was making, even though Prabhupada was uh, clearly a self-realized, self-effulgent Acharya, but he didn't claim that you know, well I'm an Acharya therefore I say this and you should accept he never said any such thing he would say I'm saying this because Shastra says this, and here's the quote or sometimes if it's uh, some minor point he would say, my Guru Maharaj he did like this, therefore I'm doing this one time someone came to be initiated by him he'd already been initiated by some. Then he came to Prabhupada for And then he said, then Prabhupada gave him the, the Gayatri mantras. We give seven mantras. Brahma Gayatri and six Pancharatric mantras. So uh, he said, Well that, that means we six Pancharatric means two for Guru, two for Gauranga and two for Krishna. And he said, Well previously I had mantras for Nityananda, Advaita Acharya, and so many others. So why don't you get my previous guru? Why don't you? Prabhupada said my guru Maharaj gave this. <laughs> I'm giving it to you. So, and he expected that he would accept that sufficient. So, if it was that, uh, if it was a point that, well, why don't we, uh, why don't we worship all the demigods together with Krishna? Why? Why don't we keep uh, a, a picture of Ganga in the deity room? No one said that. The point, but didn't do that in those days. Now we do. Um, so, th- th- then some Shastra. Uh, yes, we have to accept Krishna Supreme. Why? Because that is the verdict of only Shastra. Gita. Very clear. But then some points of exactly some details of why we do this. If it's not if it's not in Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu, then we may then maybe some minor points. Then we may say our Guru he told us like this. We have said, he's a, clearly a self realized Acharya. So every little point Even sometimes it may be not exactly according to Shastra, but but if it's some minor detail, we can take that. Just like, I'll give another example. In Shastra, it said that one should only offer to the Lord atap, rice which is atap. That means that which is not boiled. There are two different kinds, two basic kinds of rice. One that you simply husk it and use it, and the other that you boil it, dry it, and husk it, and then it, then again it has to be boiled twice boiled. So. so in shastra it said that you should not this twice boiled rice should not be offered to the deity. It's getting very out of detail. Well. So uh, so Vaishnavs generally they don't use that, but then devotees ask Prabhupada about that because generally all the rice you get in the West is this pre-boiled rice. Basmati is your information. Um, but Prabhupada replied that yes, you can use because in the Mat, even at the time of my Guru Maharaj, it was used. Therefore, you can use this twice boiled rice. When he was asked about brown rice, Prabhupada said, no, it's not fit to offer Krishna. Just for your information. Yeah. So uh, then uh, I made some more inquiries about this and actually this this twice boiled rice that was uh, used in the Gorya Mat, in the time Baptist and Satisfarata, that which was received in Bhikshu when the devotees went begging, when that is given, that can be used. And that's according to Shastra also. Generally, that can be offered to the deity also. That, that, that can be accepted because it's given. But that, which you, but that which is purchased from this, or that which is, even that you yourself produce, that should not be offered. That's usually very good this big fat rice, which is not very digestible. Village people get more energy for working. It's, it's heavy rice. So anyway, I'm just giving some example. Basically, one has to follow Shastra. And how we follow Shastra, because you see, even the mayavadis they follow Shastra. At least they say they follow Shastra. What they do, they base it on Shastra. And you can we can discuss with genuine mayavadi's like some Shankaracharya, if you ever happen to meet one. Um, then the genuine Shankara which means the genuine bogus people, they uh, if you if you're going to discuss it, then they'll discuss with you on the basis of shastra. Actually, I met one of these Shankara Acharyas one of the original mats set up by Shankaracharya. and he was actually quite happy to speak to me, because all the time people just come to him for blessings. <laughs> <laughs> so we spoke. He said, you, he said, do you speak in Sanskrit? I told him, in Sanskrit, whatever. I know I am to say in Sanskrit, but I don't speak Sanskrit. <laughs> <laughs> so then we spoke in Hindi, because they don't like to speak English, because that's considered, considered mlecha it doesn't actually mean, when it said mlecabhasha, it doesn't actually refer to that it's spoken by leches, but it refers to the, the composition of the language is uh, disordered. So it's not considered fit to speak by civilized people, <laughs> 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 which is a fact. Although in the *Bhavishya Purana it said that in Kali Yoga the, the Brahmanas will speak mlecabhasha. So, you'll find the educated people in India. They all speak. It's considered highly educated if you speak in English. <laughs> anyway, back to what's the name of the place? Sringerich, the place of Vishya uh, So, anyway, I was quite happy to speak. We were discussing Bhagavad Gita, this and, uh, personalism, impersonalism. But anyway, we, it was just like a game for of us because, anyway, I knew that. You know, if he wanted to pull out all his big guns of, you know, all the different pramans and all the interpretation of grammar, you know, I'd be lost. But uh, anyway, he was just enjoying it. He Oh, it's very nice, you people are coming from the Western countries, learning all these things. So, <laughs> so, when uh, the i talking about, how do they get up to how they get up to Shankara? Mayavadi Mayavadis they follow Shastra. But they of course they don't really follow Shastra because they misinterpret it. But at least that they, they the basis is the Shastra, which is if you go to India then you have to be you, know, you have to learn your Shastra because it's, it's not uncommon that people walk up to you on the street and say something like, Well, uh in the so-and-so Upanishad, it says this, and what's your understanding of that? So, It's good to know a few things, otherwise you might get caught. <laughs> so, uh, anyway, I'm just giving the point that it's so, the Vedic culture, it's, which is the culture which is meant for at least civilization, from the very beginning with the language, Least civilization and ultimately we're going back home back to God so much embedded in Shastra so much and Krishna consciousness is only based on Shastra it's it's not based on uh, you know there may be so many different ideas that people have but if it's not based on Shastra then it's it's just it has no meaning. Now, we don't have that background. We don't have that background of firm faith in Shastra. And people in India nowadays also, they don't, unfortunately. Very unfortunate, they lost that culture. But at least, when... One thing I can say about preaching among Hindus in general is that generally when we emphasize this point, and and actually my preaching in India, I don't discuss so many things. As soon as someone talks some nonsense... Immediately, we bring it, is this, you have to follow Shastra. If it's not in Shastra, we don't even discuss it. So, at least our devotees, those who take the devotional service, they, they can understand this point and accept it. And in preaching also, in Zagreb if you say that, it you won't, know, you know, it's just some crazy fanaticism. But at least in India up to today, you, you can make this point, that whatever you have to say, You have to say it on the basis of Shastra. If it's not on the basis of Shastra, it's not acceptable. And they they may wriggle this way or that, but they have to. If they're at all serious, they have to accept it. Now, we don't have that. So that's what I'm saying. When devotees, people, they, from Hindu background, and then they take to Krishna consciousness according to Shastra, according to what Prabhupada has taught us, which means according to Shastra then they can accept that. And then they, immediately you understand what is acceptable what isn't. Immediately you understand. It's people, different, different people come up, what do you think about this guru, that guru? You don't have to discuss so many different things. If it's not according to Shastra, if it's not Bhagavad Gita as it is, then immediately reject it. Put it on the garbage. And every, every once a week, burn it. That's what you should do. Just nonsense. All, all nonsense. You don't have to, uh, it's not required to study all these different philosophies and, and what is this Maharishi saying and what is that? They all have beards, these people. Yeah. This uh, Ravi Shankar and the Ashram, they all have beards. Looks spiritual look. Spiritual. 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 People are fools. somebody's here <laughs> Sometimes here, sometimes here. Big jata. jata. So, uh, no need to study all They're not speaking on this show. But in the Western countries, people don't have that culture. Therefore, probably saying we should learn science to preach. Not everyone has to learn but All our devotees should know some basic, should all read life comes from life, and learn these basic points. The chicken is a better scientist than you, so... I was discussing this, morning. You say you will produce life in future, but the chicken is producing one egg every day. That's life, so the chicken is a better scientist than you. (laughs) So so basic points. It's Prabhupada. Prabhupada, he could say these things because he was fully in touch with Krishna and fully in line with Shastra. Therefore, everything he said is perfect. So uh, the people in the Western countries, they don't have this culture, and therefore you may have to learn some other things. But another difficult, for our preaching, we have to learn other things. But we ourselves should be fixed in Shastra. We should know that science, this, that, this is not our field. We may use that, just like we take, uh, to chop down a tree, you take some wood from another tree, put the metal head of an axe on it, so it is not that we accept their methodology, even their methodology, we, we adopt it as a temporary measure, but we, we don't subscribe to the scientific methodology. Because you are attached to that, and you, think, and you think that everything has to be understood scientifically. We will show you that your science is bogus. You have to go. If you want to understand more than what science has got to teach, then you have to come to this. So, as a tool, we may use it, but it's not our field. Our field with Bhagavad Peter as it is. And Shrimad Bhagavatam and Nectar devotion, and Chaitanya Charitam. These are the shastra knowledge. Now, but another uh, problem with preaching Krishna consciousness in the West, in this sense, is that, is that often we find our devotees they're not fully convinced of the need to follow shastra. They're not. They, they don't have this clear vision that if it's according to Guru, Sadhu, and Shastra, we accept it. If it's not, we reject it. That we still may be carrying some garbage ideas from our previous uh, life in pre-Krishna consciousness. So, uh, this it's a different way of thinking. The, the, the modern, eclectic way of thinking that well, you see, you take a little idea from here and a little idea from there and you mix it up in your brain. and Whichever cocktail you like, you see, some people like cocktail, 40% vodka, 60% tomato juice. It's called a bloody man. <laughs> <laughs> you probably know that also. I also come from the same background as you. All glories to Srila Prabhupada. Thank you. Hey, Thank, you. Thank you, Srila Prabhupada. So some people like it and there's, you know, you can put a little bit of lemon in also. And people like it in different proportions. And you can even invent your own cocktails because they're all different kinds of spirits and different kinds of fruit juices. And this is my comment. And I won't talk about that anymore. I'm just giving the, the, the... How people, they take... You know, you take a little bit of philosophy from here and then you take a little from there and you mix it all up, and then it's power out. And so we have, the, then we come to Krishna consciousness, and that's good, but I also remember reading something in there, and we can mix it up, and, and we don't have this clear vision. Guru Mokhapadva Vakya I know Or we don't, even more important, Shastra Sadhu Guru Vakya Chittai Karya. So, we may take a guru, but uh, then uh, we don't understand the point that guru himself, his qualification is that he only speaks according to Shastra and only acts according to Shastra. And if he doesn't do both of these things, then he has no qualification to be guru. Guru is not something in you know, someone flies out of the sky with a, with a halo on his head and manifests six arms. His qualification is that speaks only according to Shastra with the proper conclusion of Shastra and acts according to that. Now, if he speaks according to Shastra but doesn't act according to that, then bogus. So he may say, you know, well, according to Shastra, we should chant Hare Krishna. And now, my dear disciples, we're going to go to a movie together and we're going to go to the ice cream parlor together. So this is bogus. Now, it may be that someone's behavior is very good and they... uh, they follow everything, but they speak nonsense, which means that which is not in Shastra. There's no it. there's nothing in Shastra to show them. They, they may say, and people think, well, you know, it's a guru, so what he is saying must be right. But that is the, that's back-to-front logic. What he speaks is correct, therefore he's a guru. You follow, you see the difference? What he speaks is correct, which means what is according to Guru Sadhu Shastra. And if he doesn't, he just speaks something, some speculation comes in his mind, he may think, well, he's a guru. But if it's not according to Guru Sadhu Shastra, we should reject. And this is not something simply theoretical I'm speaking. Because we have seen in our movement, and we are seeing in our movement even today, that there are gurus who, as uh, prachā kore keha nā kore achā, achā kore keha nā kore prachā. Achā prāchā nāme karoha intu ikāj tumi sarva guru tumi jogate arj. It's exactly the point that Haidas Thakur, Sanatana Goswami said to Hayrās Thakur, some people speak very nice philosophy, but they don't follow it. And others, they, uh, they behave very nicely, but they talk all nonsense. But you do both of these things, therefore you are qualified to be the guru of the whole world. But we have seen and are still seeing in our Krishna conscious movement today that there are certain personalities who take up the post of guru and then they think because I'm a guru I can just do whatever I like or say whatever I like. They themselves didn't understand what it means to be a guru, which means to be the perfect follower. As Prabhupada himself said, my only qualification is that I strictly followed my Guru Maharaj, isn't it? Prabhupada always said that. That my only, my only qualification, Prabhupada didn't say because I'm, because I'm this or because I'm that. He's born in a vaisnava family. He, Prabhupada said at one time that at any, uh, there's no point in my life where I ever forgot Krishna. But even that in itself... It, Prabhupada, he didn't give that as the qualification. My only qualification is that I strictly follow my Guru Maharaj. And my Guru Maharaj, what is his qualification? He strictly followed. And always quoting from Shastra. So, if we find that someone, even a Guru, is speaking something which is not according to Shastra, or is not acting according to the proper standard of Vaishnava behavior, then what should we do? What does Shastra... Shastra discusses this also. Shastra says, as Prabhupada has quoted in his Bhagavatam, Guru api, which means even though he is a guru, Guru api avaliptasya karya majanata utpanna pratipandasya which means that even if one is a guru, which means guru is a very exalted position, highly exalted, how guru is to be respected, followed, one's, all one's, uh, all, all one's life, one has to give one's very life to one's guru, but even, even if one is a guru, if it is observed that he is not properly situated, doesn't know how to teach properly, or is has become involved in sense gratification, then such a person is to be, uh Parityago, vidhiyate. It, vidhiyate means it is a rule, it must be done. Parityago means, tiago means to give up. Paritiago means fully given up. So that is the direction. So uh, I would request all of you to consider these points very carefully because it's actually a very crucial time in our movement where because of Prabhupada's... Uh, Preaching, actually in the first days of our movement, it was a very big struggle. And now it's much easier, actually. I mean, people just join the temple. And everything's there. There's, it's all set up. It was a big struggle in the first day. No one appreciated this movement. It was, it was a very great struggle. But now it's it's actually, there are many people who, who uh, in this country, It's we could say, in, compared to other countries, this country is somewhat blessed in the sense that Many people take to Krishna consciousness. So that's good. But on the other hand, there's a tendency for people to to be somewhat sentimental. So sentimental means they can be easily misled and misguided also. So we should understand according to Shastra, Prabhupada, how much he was emphasizing, always speaking Shastra. I'm seeing here in Croatia, not only here in Croatia, but in other places, that devotees, they're mostly... They like to listen to bhajan cassettes and they like classes with lots of interesting stories and if you see all, they have so many books in their home and it's mostly all like some story books like the Kadashi story and this and that. But I wonder how many, how many devotees are seriously studying Bhagavad Gita as it is? They may be reading so many books. How many devotees are very seriously daily reading Bhagavad Gita and trying to understand? And then going on to Srimad Bhagavatam and really becoming absorbed in the knowledge of Shastra. Simply, of course, it's nice to hear about different stories, but unless we have a very solid basis in the philosophy of Krishna consciousness, you can hear many stories, It's a kind; of, it becomes a kind of entertainment, that's all. And the, the uh, sign of that is that we're not fixed in spiritual knowledge and we continue with our material attachments. And then Krishna consciousness becomes a bona fide religion like the Catholic Church or something like that, where you go to church and the priest says something and you put something in the box and you come away and you go on with your life. And bona fide religion means, you know, I have my house, I have my wife and my girlfriend and my dog and my cat and my telephone and my work and my religion. It's just, you know, <laughs> it's part of life. The car, I mean. Yeah, the car, you know, all this, all different stuff. <laughs> Uh, it's my religion. See, I go to church once a week. I'm a good Catholic. I, I go to church. Saturday night at the cinema and Sunday morning at the church. I'm a good Catholic. So that's what it becomes. And we get accepted by the public. Public, it's very good, you see, bona fide religion. But uh, it's not bona fide according to Vyasadeva, it's not <laughs> bona fide according to the Acharyas. And we end up as uh, a bona fide cat, fish, dog, or whatever, within the 84 lakh species of life. That's what happens. Uh, what is that? Those who are not faithful on this path of devotional service, Krishna says, they do not attain me, but they attain repeated birth and death. That's what happens. So Krishna causes is it's not simply something sentimental. It's very serious. It's not simply a matter of becoming a vegetarian. There's a lot more to it than that. If we follow it exactly, then we go to Krishna. If not, we're in trouble. And a lot of people getting in a lot of trouble because don't know shastra, They're not encouraged to study shastra. And uh, then where are you going to go? You're not going to go to Krishna because you don't, you're not fully convinced that Krishna is the supreme personality of the Godhead. And as Chaitanya Mahaprabhu said, this material world is no better than a hole into which people pass through. We think that it's nice. The material world is nice. Oh, you know, we shouldn't be too serious. We shouldn't be too fanatical. Later. These are all standard excuses. I'll become Krishna conscious later. Or we uh, then some guru comes along and says, Oh, you see, he's a, he's a really great guru. He's a fantastic guru. You just take this initiation of him and then just by his blessing you'll become Krishna conscious. This is another bogus idea. <laughs> guru may be great, but you have to do your work too. However great he is, he may be like... You know, seeing the gopis at every minute. Of course Prabhupada never said I'm seeing the gopis at every minute. <laughs> no doubt he was. But but the guru, he, he may be, you know, floating in Radha But he has to tell you, you chant 16 rounds, follow these four regulated principles, study Bhagavad And you have to do it. It's not that you simply put a picture of super guru on the wall. And you see, I'm initiated by super guru. And uh, you know, I don't have to do anything else by his by his blessing. But his he has to real super guru tells you you chant Hari Krishna, you take it very seriously, give up sense gratification, take only Krishna Prasanna, follow the more regulated principles. and we have to do it. Even it's super super guru, we still have to do our work. And if we, if we don't do it, then we don't get Krishna consciousness. So this is another bogus idea. You have to get this guru and you know, just by his blessings. The blessing is he gives you instruction, you follow it. You have to do your work also. There's so many bogus ideas floating around. But, uh, it's not what I learned from Sri Prabhupada. Some people say, well you see, Prabhupada didn't teach you everything. <laughs> For such people, I would like to quote what Srila Prabhupada said. We kick in their face with boots. That's a quote from Srila Prabhupada. Of course, he didn't do it, literally, but that was his attitude. Certainly, Prabhupada gave us everything. And because we're rascals, we want to avoid what Prabhupada gave us, and we'll, we'll be Gopi Leela, this, that, and, and after the pub. It's simply possible. There are so many things. Anyway, I get the basic idea. We should be very serious to understand Krishna consciousness. As it is. This is Bhagavad Gita, as it is. There's only one alternative to as it is, which is as it isn't. (laughs) There's no half as it is and 50% as it is. There's no such thing. It either is Krishna conscious or it isn't. So Krishna consciousness means what Prabhupada gave us. And there are so many people giving something special, which Prabhupada didn't give us. Prabhupada had another thing to say. I urinate in place. face. So he actually said that in a press conference when they asked him about it. I remember as a little kid, I read in the paper, I, had, I was like eight years old or something, and they asked Prabhupada in Hong Kong, what do you think of this Guru Maharaj Ji? This, there was some bogus who was very popular in America. He, yeah, he was calling himself God, and Robert said, "Do you really want to hear what I have to say?" Yes, yes. It may not be right. Now. Do you really want to hear? I, I I read it afterwards. I just read this short thing in the newspaper that said "Trouble in Nirvana." That was the headline. So he said that he is not God. He is dog. I kick on his face. I urinate in his face. What will he do? it <laughs> came in all the newspapers, I love it at
1: work. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but I, I'm personally finding it a little difficult to even preach against these bogus gurus outside our movement, if within our movement we're also talking all the same nonsense kind of thing. That, you know, some special realization which no one has from some level of communion with cosmic consciousness this is the what is this this is not what Prabhupada gave us it's not Guru Sattva Shastra so we should immediately reject it becomes difficult like Arjuna found it difficult when he had to fight with his own kinsmen these are my own these are my own brothers cousin brothers gurus how can I fight with them and Krishna said they're not they're not properly following the Vedic direction they're not in line so you have to reject them it's very difficult for our job what we have to do. So even within our movement, if we see something which is not according to the Shastra, and even maybe Guru, very difficult. What do we, what do we want? Do we want some blind, sentimental attachment to someone who is blind following the blind? Or do we want to go to Krishna? to consider you want to go to Krishna the path is very clear if we if we are sentimental and we'll be misguided, then everything becomes mystical which Prabhupada said mystical means misty <laughs> not not clear <laughs> not clear what Prabhupada gave us is very clear because it's a hundred percent the absolute truth Hare Krishna and I've said for now more later not today there's the Samakamba I tend to speak more these more because I'm seeing it's a very critical situation and many people be misled and misguided by all kinds of things which are almost seem to be like Krishna consciousness but which are not what Prabhupada gave us the meaning, therefore not actually Krishna it's not going to take you to Krishna
1: You mentioned these two qualifications that Guru must uh, follow Shastra and must
0: also speak according to Shastra. Speak according and act also. Yeah. So, uh, um, my
1: question is should the uh, individual devotee in the movement, means every devotee, should he judge Guru according to these two things
0: and think he, if he's a bona fide or not? Or, or should we leave that to the GBC, who usually, when some Guru Make some deviation. They are the ones who make some decisions. Yeah. Should we individually um, judge if a guru is following properly, or should we wait for the GBC to make a proclamation? I recommend, in your own self-interest, don't wait for the GBC, <laughs> because they usually make a they usually make a statement. Or when it's already far too late, when someone's when someone's absolutely totally deviated, and it's been obvious for you know a long time, then finally they come up with. Usually, they usually what happens is they wait for some gross kind of fault. But the philosophical deviation comes first, and that's actually more dangerous because with the with the gross deviation, it's very clear. But with philosophical, then there's some argument and this and that. Well, maybe it's okay and maybe not. And so, better actually. You see, the thing is, you're supposed to before you take initiation, you're supposed to see very clearly and judge. And I would recommend consider. Now, I'm, you know, I'm not against the guru system in this school because I happen to be one of those fellows sitting on the Vyasa and giving initiation. But I would recommend you be very careful about what you're doing. Don't just go in out of some sentiment. Take it. There's no need to rush. Take it a little carefully. Just because someone has some reputation or name or fame or you have to see, are they actually acting and speaking according to what providence goodness us? We should get a little educated about this and the temples should actually, the temples instead of teach instead of saying this is a bona fide guru, you see, they're authorized by the GBC. I would recommend that we should teach what are the qualifications of a bona fide guru and then on the base, according to Shastra, on the basis of that, you decide. Not just the GBC said this, 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 that. I think, you know, for the sake of our own self-interest and to do do a good service to others who have come here to this movement in all sincerity to follow what Prabhupada has given us, I think it's our duty to educate people. And then then you make your choice. And if you're so stupid, even then, then that's, you know, that's your bad luck. (laughs) uh, But you should know what are the the symptoms of a bona fide guru according to Shastra. And then you make your decision. And don't be influenced by someone... uh, just they're pushing, you know. Come on, take initiation from my guru. Not like that. I, it's allowed. You can take initiation after six months, but I would recommend take some more time. There's no harm. There's no harm to take some more time. Generally, in the beginning, where we tend to be very sentimental, we don't know very much either. So better take a little time. That's my recommendation. You don't have to take it. As you asked me, I'm giving a reply. Mm. Sometimes,
1: uh, from the, the outside society, sometimes some people are coming to misconjoining, is or practicing Christian consciousness with, like for example, homosexuals tendencies, mm.
0: and
1: and uh, how we can, how we should relate to them. Which, uh,
0: how should we relate with homosexuals and take to consciousness? Well, I don't see why we have to make it any special big issue about homosexuals. If they want to take to Christian consciousness and follow the regulated principles, they can. Follow the regulated principles means they can't indulge in homosexuality. So then if they're homosexuals and they take to Christian consciousness, they follow the regulated principles, fine. Then we don't even have to bother thinking whether they're homosexual or not. <laughs> <laughs> and if they don't follow, then uh, they, it's, how can they advance so we can't condone that. We can say you can go on chanting Hare Krishna, but if you're engaged in illicit sex, then you can't properly make progress. Prabhupada recommended, actually, we should marry. It may be difficult for some. It's a difficult situation what to do, but we can't compromise our principles. We don't reject. Fine, chant Hare Krishna. Prabhupada had quite a few homosexual disciples and he never... Rejected them or hated them for that, but he never allowed them that you can indulge in. Heterosexual, there is there is a because according to shastra, there is an allowance for that. Get married, live as a gentleman. Prophet said but for homosexual, there's no there's no allowance in shastra because the purpose of marriage is or the purpose of sex. Marriage means, actually, it's, it's meant for sex. But, uh, of course, when we say the word sex in the modern com- context, and you know, we, we just immediately, we think of gross sense gratification, because that's the background we're coming from. But actually, in Vedic culture, sex, although it's enjoyable on a certain platform, but uh, just like, again, Arjuna, the different women would approach him at different times, because, you know, it's very attractive man uh, but he would he would only accept them if it was according to the principles of karma just like he was uh, when he was in the court of his father Indrade and the uh, Urvashi, the Apsara, saw Arjuna looking at her appreciatively and then she approached him later and said well you know I saw you looking at me and uh, you know I'm also attracted to you so you know how about it she said Please. And Arjuna said that actually I was looking at you with appreciation because I was thinking that uh, this, uh, who was it, uh, Puruvara, many generations ago you were one of my, uh, you were you, uh, uh, married with Puruvara and then from, from him came our dynasty. So I was looking at you with appreciation thinking that you are my great, 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 great something grandmother and I can't enjoy with you. It's not possible because you are my mother. And then she cursed him that you will have to become a eunuch. And that, was, that wasn't considered something very nice, that the great Arjuna would have to become a, a eunuch. At least he had to pretend like that for one year. So, But he, on the, on the basis of dharma, he said, even though she's so many generations removed, you are my mother. There's no question I can't have sex with you. Then on another occasion... Um, there was a rule among the Pandavas, how can they be five husbands with one wife? How is it they're not going to fight among each other? Because generally, uh, if, uh, if more than one man is attracted to a woman, they, they fight amongst each other. Just like the case of this, uh, Sunda and was it Sunda and Sunda? Is it two demons? They, they got a benediction from Lord Brahma that no one can kill us that we will be immortal and no one can kill us. We said, well, there has to be, I, I can't give you that benediction, but there has to be someone who's immortal. So they said, okay, each other. Only if we're killed by each other. Because they had a very strong bond of friendship. So then they were causing havoc all over the universe, and Lord God created Tilotama, who is the sum total of all beauty. And she, then they fought over her and they killed each other. So generally men fight over women. So, how are five brothers going to maintain their equanimity among each other if they have the same wife? So, then they made a, the, the, this, uh, I think again it was Bias, said to them, maybe it's said, you have to consider this very carefully. He told the story of Sundar How are you going to live together in such a way that you don't become enemies of each other? So, then they made a rule that whenever Dropadi is sitting in the room with one, then no one else should come in. So anyway, circumstantially Arjuna had to break that room because one he, Yudhishthira was sitting in a room and with Draupadi and then a Brahmin came and said hey, my cows are getting stolen, come you have to save them. And Arjuna's weapons were in that room so he said, what to do? I, I either have to insult Yudhishthira by going, I have to break this or I have to uh, break I, I, otherwise I can't protect this Brahmin my dharma is to, actually I'm supposed to be telling another story. I don't any anyway, it's interesting. My dharma is to protect the Brahmin. No, I'm telling you, it's a different story, actually. We're way out in the story, so I might as well finish it. I'm trying, supposed to be talking about Ulupi. Yeah, well, yeah, I'm coming. I'm kind of getting there gradually. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, so he protected the, he killed the thieves and get, got the cows back to the Brahmin. Then he went to Yurusha and said, look, I'm sorry. Now I have to go off and leave you. I have to go to the forest for you, and you have to be a, in the forest. You have to be celibate. You see for one year. So uh, Uddheshya said, "No, no, it, it's it, it was an unavoidable circumstance." And Arjuna said, "No, we made this rule." And so Uddheshya was arguing, "You don't have to follow this. I'm not. I'm not offended." And Arjuna said, "No, no, I have to follow the rule. I'm going to the forest. See you after one year." So he was living as a celibate in the forest and he was going to different holy places. You see, so immediately as soon as he got an opportunity, he immediately engaged in some religion. He didn't go off to the forest and, you know, just sit under the tree and eat mangoes, but he was, <laughs> he, went, he was visiting different holy places and he was at one holy place and he, he went, in, he was in the, he went in the Ganga, maybe it was at Haridwar or Vishikesh or someplace, and he was taking bath and all of a sudden some, he felt someone yanking his leg. and He got pulled down, and down, and down, and down, and down, and down. And he ended up in the next Varsha, underneath the earth planet, in Nagaloka, the kingdom of the Nagas. So, and there was a beautiful girl there, and she said, well, I'm the daughter of the uh, snake king, my name is uh, Ulipi, and uh, when I saw you, I became full of desire for you, so according to Kshatriya code, you can immediately accept me, which is, according to Dharma, that's quite acceptable. If a, if, a, if a woman of good caste desires a kshatriya then they can marry according to Gandharva right? Now don't say I'm a kshatriya. <laughs> <laughs> and go out and... that's It's, it's not like that. <laughs> so uh, Arjuna could do that. So Arjuna said, yes, that is the rule of dharma, that I am obliged to satisfy you. But I'm supposed to be living in celibacy now. So, in other words, he wasn't saying, oh, great, you know, beautiful young girl. He said, no, is it according to Dharma or not according to Dharma? Then she convinced him that your celibacy is only in relationship to Draupadi. Therefore, you can accept it. So the point that he was engaging in sex life, but only according to Dharma, not simply wantonly enjoying sex gratification. So that was about something else. What's the point? homosexual so yeah so there is injunction in shastra for enjoying sex but it should be according to the principles of dharma and there is no principle of dharma that says that homosexual sex is allowed so if any if someone has that tendency then we can welcome them please chant Hare krishna but they, if they are to be initiated, or if they are to live in our ashrams, then there is no uh, homosexual activity. And there is the there is some thing called Galva, Gay and Lesbian Vaishnava Association. Now, this is very serious. I mean, it's very, very serious. They're trying to say that Homosexuality we have to accept They say that we encourage people To be Vaishnavs homosexuals We encourage them And we tell them don't engage in sex But if you can't control Then you live together One man is one man One woman is one woman So it sounds okay doesn't it? (laughs) But it's not Because there is no allowance for that In Shastra This is the point there is no allowance in Shastra. It is against Shastra. So we don't have to make a big issue. Now it's become a big issue all over the internet. One of our Vaishnav gurus is saying that according to Va- Vaishnav culture, according to Vedic culture, homosexuals are considered auspicious. This just came out two days ago. And I immediately wrote back and said, that please provide some shastric evidence because Prabhupada has written clearly that the sexual appetite of one man for another is considered demoniac. So this is an issue. We'll be hearing more about it. Because that guru is gonna be at the summer camp also.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> so I I you know what what should we say? I immediately reject No, actually not immediately. I say, provide some Shastra evidence. that it's auspicious, considered auspicious. He's saying that Jagannath Mishra invited homosexuals to the birth ceremony of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu because they're considered auspicious. I mean, I read Chaitanya Chaitanya a few times. And <laughs> I never read any such thing. I never heard that it's considered auspicious. So, anyway we can provide some Shastri evidence and we'll have to examine it. If not, then we should just reject such a person for speaking against the principles of Shastra, Even if he's a guru. So, what I'm speaking is not just some theoretical discussion. Very serious issue. That's only one thing. I think we'll finish it. A We're also supposed to run so the Do You want to discuss more? Yeah? Okay. Well, I guess it's a hot topic. Yeah. Mm. Uh, I have two questions. One is
1: just short, technical, one is effective in your class. Uh, so saw that uh, Arjuna had a uh, dharmic dilemma, and Krishna, as his guru, he gave him a hardy and solved problems. So uh I, I have experience, and I show that it's quite common. that Sometimes we see that someone doesn't follow properly the rules and regulations, which is obviously against following the Shasta. Mm. But in the same time, uh, I, as an observer, could be, for example, brahmachari or even Brahmana-initiated, but I'm not telling the truth. Uh, I'm, I'm dwelling in my mind with uh, sexual desires like this. Mm. And I have always justification for my because Chaitanya Mahaprabhu said that in mind this doesn't count as a problem. But I see this, for example, that someone doesn't follow uh, offering bomen mm-hmm. to Krishna or, or doesn't follow uh, sex regulation or something like that. And there is very often like fight. Uh, this is not according to Shastra. This is not according to Shastra. But in my mind, I can justify my Maya, which is a Like subtle and Chaitanya Mahaprabhu justified that it's not.
0: I don't know if Chaitanya Mahaprabhu said that exactly. But Prabhupada said that that offenses in the mind are not considered. Well, we can consider why offenses in the mind are not considered. Why is that so? Can you imagine why? Because it's called you. Because it's, it's, very, over it's, it's so at least we should act according to at least we should act according to Shastra. And mind we also have to control. It's very clearly stated in Shastra. That we to control. Then another question. Another question? Very, very
1: thankful. If, if there is such deviations, mm-hmm. obviously there, there are, uh, it is it's not possible to, to make some forum of gurus who are following stupid or and to discuss about it. It is
0: possible to discuss and try to resolve, but the problem is that often people don't like to listen.
1: Because it seems that there is, like, some kind of cheating in our society. People are coming, new people. We are teaching them something, and they choose some guru, and then afterwards some, some another guru said, he's oh, not going to fight another. It's but,
0: but on what basis, one says, one... And how are we to understand who is fide and what is not bona fide according to Shastra?
1: Yeah, I understood this point, but as you said in the class, when we are coming to
0: Krishna consciousness, we are coming to... Well, that's quite, why I'm suggesting that you teach people and, uh, to understand what are the uh, principles of Shastra and teach people to recognize what are the symptoms of a bona fide guru rather than saying, this is a guru. Yes, we are
1: teaching like that in Bhakta class. But anyway, it's, it's, it seems that... Problem, yeah, yeah.
0: I I feel definitely we should be much tighter. Our moon has become very loose. That everything is anyone can say anything and it's all okay. Maybe because previously we were very strict and then we thought we had to care about others and see about their feelings and but then we lost we lost the, the base. Of course we had to care about others and see to their feelings, but the, That doesn't mean that we allow people to say anything and do anything which is not according to Shastra. As I was saying in the class in this morning, people talk a lot about caring about each other and feelings, but a lot of it's simply on the mental platform. Really caring for people is to teach them to follow Krishna consciousness very strictly, not to, you know, this psychological problem and this and that. We all have millions of psychological problems, This happened in my childhood. You've had millions of childhoods. (laughs) So, whatever it is, chant Hare Krishna. You can't all this tangle what's going on in your childhood, you can't sort it all out. And even, you know, what there may be from previous life, and then, as Prabhupada said, he was discussing Freud. Freud said, you have to do this psychoanalysis, go back to your childhood, and sort out all these shocks you've had. Can anyone remember what Prabhupada's response was? What is the guarantee you will not have another shock? Because material life means there's always suffering, there's always shock. There's a, there are so many things which can make us psychologically imbalanced. But real psychological balance is to accept that I am not this mind anyway. I'm this. I'm a servant of Krishna. So this person, I, I, I feel, I feel, I feel it. I'm feeling all this stuff about caring and feeling has become too much influenced by a mundane psychological approach, and not enough. We have psychology. Everything's there in Bhagavad Gita. Everything we need to know about psychology. Everything. One should elevate himself by the mind and not degrade himself. The mind can be your best friend or your wasana. Everything we need to know three modes of material nature. These are the things we should discuss. These things will help us to advance in Krishna consciousness. As far as psychologists, you know, one person has one theory, someone else has another theory. They all have different theories, and they're all crazy anyway. They're the ones who commit suicide more than anyone else, these psychologists, isn't it? Because Why? Because they know that, I guess they know they're cheating on us. So, so they're a different thing. You know, everyone's being very open Respecting different opinions. So there is room for that also. There are different approaches in Krishna consciousness. Not that everyone's gonna be exactly the same. But at least everyone should follow Guru, Sadhu and Shastra, which for us means to follow Prabhupada, Sadhu and Shastra. And guru in Krishna consciousness in this, guru in this world means has probably themselves that they should be a strict follower of Srila Prabhupada. Strict, uh, I guess that word, open to interpretation. At least uh, should be. I think going to sexual, I also have a few. There are arguments about that. But what is their point anyway? What is their point? What are they trying to say? If, like I say, if you're a homosexual you, take, you come to counter Christian consciousness so you follow the four principles. And what does it matter whether you're homosexual, or heterosexual, this, that, the other? But here it that uh Prabhupada that the two of the side of another man they said that they cannot marry, that is <laughs> that it's <laughs> against the religion. Prabhupada said at least one part. Maybe you mean that Prabhupada was advocating homosex?
1: No, I don't, I don't say this. I say... I, I
0: don't say this. <laughs> so I'm just... Uh, I want to say that this quotation a foundation problem. You should know, I'd have to investigate that more know, carefully. But even... I can send you this. You. you can do, yeah. I mean, did Prabhupada actually say that? And was he advocating that you... Is this what they're saying? No, they don't... They want to say that... Uh, you see, even like heterosex, we see people have a damn hard time following the regulated principles, even in marriage. I mean, what goes on in Grihasta's home is none of my business. But we do hear sometimes that they have, or sometimes they say, we have difficulty controlling our senses. And then we, it's understood. So... so uh, but at least it's, as Prabhupada said, if you want to have sex, at least get married and live like a gentleman. So that's considered. Maybe if you, it's not first class, but it's it's acceptable to, at some level. If one is indulging with his wife, it's acceptable at some level. And it's not grossly sinful like going out on the street and polluting so many people. But uh, like I say, there's a, there's allowance for that. But there's no allowance if you use it for homosexual. So if you say live together and we'll just be friends. I don't know. Anyway, you can find if you want to do you find some guru who allows it. Don't come to me. <laughs> I'm not me. I'm sure you know the way things are going, you can find a guru to allow anything. And what's the meaning of it? And that's what people they want gurus who allow that's why people say you see this guru has got so many followers and this con doesn't have so many Robert said I'm selling a diamond if you're selling a diamond it has to be some qualification to buy that if you're selling cheap glass bangles then anyone can come so there's no rules and regulations then anyone can come see so i'm out there making so many followers how are you on the spot initiation you may not even know you initiated until after Sometimes it happens with the Yeah, that here here, here's some beads chant with us, now you're initiated. And whether they're following this, that doesn't matter, just you know. Krishna is very merciful. This guru is very merciful. So you can get many followers, but it's no credit and it doesn't actually help people to give them such a so called initiation. Because if the if the minimal level is no level, do whatever you like, then they'll never go above that. That's why not only should the disciple test the guru, but the guru should also see it as the disciple. Is he willing to come up to the standard? Because if before initiation, if they're not willing to come to a minimum standard, then it's going to be very difficult to raise them afterwards. So guru should see the disciple and the disciple should see the guru. So you may say it's very merciful to allow them this, but how is it merciful? Because they're not going to make any advancement in Krishna consciousness.